Hi, everybody. Welcome to a very special Park Report episode. It's our end of year episode, best of 2022. A banner year for progressive rock, lots of great albums. Uh, as always, we have the gang here. Uh, Jeff, say hi. Say we hi. Got, we got Dan, say hi. And say uh, hi. <laughs> we got Vic and hi. Uh, Prognick and Kyle. How you guys doing? Hi, guys. Doing great. Well, this is, as it turns out, I mean, it's always our most watched and downloaded episode for some reason. So um, I think uh, you guys maybe tend to discover some albums that you might have missed during the year on this one. And and uh, we're going to cover 18 albums from this year. Um, and, and, you know, we don't really rank them. We just kind of pick our favorites and then, and then go around discussing them. Um, uh, we inter I mean, we reviewed, I want to say, close to 50 or more records this year and certainly there were dozens more that we maybe even didn't get to so there, there was a lot of stuff out there uh a lot of big releases a lot of smaller releases some new discoveries and and uh all the way around so um also uh let's see we would have uh, released our prog report awards by now so there's a video for that out as well if you want to see uh if you voted for anybody and who won and yeah. um catch up on any other podcast or reviews that you might have missed this year and this will be our last episode for 2022, and then we'll be back again in a few weeks to kick off another year and um, whatever new releases are coming down and, and uh, everything else. So, uh, And yep. that'll be actually leading up to our 10th anniversary coming up in 2023. But anyway, it's it's been unbelievable as, that we're going to be hitting our 10th year. So thank you for everybody for watching and, and um, subscribing to everything and, and the pot and checking out the podcast and website and everything. And to this uh, amazing team that we have here um, uh, that helps with everything. So it's been a lot of fun. Anyway, we have a lot to cover. It's gonna be a long episode. So let's go ahead and get started. Uh, we each have uh, so what we did is we have a, a pool of albums that we whittled down to 18 that we thought we wanted to talk about. And then we each took three that uh, we each liked. And um, I selected three of bands that I did not have anything to do with because I do work with some of these bands. So the three I am talking about, I did not work with. And um, Dan, why don't you kick us off with uh, your first album that you want to talk about? Let's go, guys. It's been a great year for music. Yeah. I'm very happy with, I mean, actually I listened to the last, to fewer albums than last year, I think. Actually, I've been busier this year, so it, it kind of took me a little bit to to know all of these albums that we're talking about today. So I had some catching up to do, but I'm starting off with the new album by the band Terra Maze. The album is called Flight of the Wounded. And these guys, they're Australian, I think, right? And this one actually, I'm not saying I was surprised that I liked it so much because their last album is also very good and i enjoyed it a lot but it's from last year and those guys are extremely prolific um we usually talk about neo and how he is prolific but th these guys are right up there because i think they released like four albums in the last two years or something it's yeah, an insane yeah. amount of music and it's all like solid stuff uh and if you don't know him it's like they're like a softer like symphony x kind of thing you know they have the riffs they have the, the the happiness and the instrumentation and orchestrations and a lot of strings uh the vocals are poppier though and they have like extremely catchy choruses um there are some growls though in a, a couple of the songs i don't know if they're present on a lot of the the older albums because I think they were formed in the 90s and then they went in like a big hiatus and came back 
like five years ago or so with a new vocalist. And that's when they started working on a lot of music. Uh, pandemic came, so they had more time. And the result is this album. I think it's really, really great. My favorite song is uh, Thieves Are Out. I think it's a, a great song with a very like hooky chorus and you get addicted to it. The more you listen to it, the more you, you want to listen again. There are a, a, lot, a lot of other great songs. I, I know Roy really likes the, the song Gold right yeah that's in my top 10 songs of the year for sure yeah and funnily enough that's the, the one i like uh, i like the least on the I album don't even understand how that's possible. <laughs> dude but that's that's crazy so yeah, anyway i don't like that one that much but i do like a ticket to the next apocalypse as well it's one of my, my top songs as well um so yeah tara may's flight of the wounded I want to say um, that I did an interview with their main guy. It, it, it's mostly all written by this guy, Dean Wells, who is the lead singer. He wasn't always the lead singer. He's been the lead singer for the last two records. And on this one, he's, he has a great voice. He's also the lead guitarist. Um, so if you don't know a lot about that band, that, that's an interview that I just did with them just a few weeks ago. And um, yeah, it's, it's a band I had heard of for a little while. We honestly didn't cover them much. Um, and then started to with this album and I got into more of their music now and uh, yeah, I've become a fan and I again, I, I think it's a really great fun uh, record hooks for days on that thing and and it reminded oh, yeah. me a little bit um, if you guys remember that album by Subsignal a couple of years ago that, I, that we really liked La similar kind of vibe to that mm. which is cool yeah, heavier but it also has like the chorus thing that we, which is what yeah. catches the most attention right? Yeah, and I think this album made me revisit some of their older stuff that I never knew, you know, actually not revisit, just visit. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. And, and it's, it's great. I, I like their stuff. It's, it's very like high quality, well-produced. Mm, so there you go. Yeah. I like that one. All right, Vic. Well, you know, it, it always seems to happen in these podcasts that there are certain bands that we each individually gravitate to. And, and it was, I thought it was great that I was going to get to uh, mention this band because of course we have the saga connection uh so the band i'm talking about is six by six and uh, their self-titled album um of course it's ian Crichton from saga uh joining uh with uh nigel glockler of saxon and robert berry uh so these three guys you can sort of say this is a a super group it, you know they they have come together on totally different backgrounds to really come up with something that's cool and fresh. It's, it's a, it's a great rock groove. Um, it does have his, it's, it's really prog moments, but it was a really fun album to listen to. And particularly 2022 is a year where you can say that our usual big hitters 
were touring or taking time off and to have something like this to listen to was really cool and refreshing um you know it's it's a 46 minute album so it's not very long but it's an easy listen you know it's got some really cool you know rockers on it you know yearning to fly all the way through save the night it's it's a fun listen um it does have some catchy hooks to it and it's just neat to see how these three guys have come together to put together some really cool music um apparently there's talk about you know they have an agent and you know they're trying to i guess get some tours going which would be neat to see how this translates live but it's a really cool album um and so i'm that's what i'm repping Yeah, I, I was a fan of that record, and I think that I think that they the sum of their parts is it works really well together. It sounds like it sounds like one of those albums that could have come out in the '80s, along like with Asia and you know the 90125 and and uh, you know some of those records. Um, and uh, but they, it's really catchy and has a lot of great songs. And and you know what, Ian Crichton's playing is so unique. Like he's really underrated. And car the guitar playing is really excellent, and Robert Berry's voice is excellent. Um, I think it's a great record, and and one that I hope more people check out. I don't think it got as much publicity. It's really hard to launch a band like that. There were a number of those this year, from like some of the Fate's Warning guys, you know, the Kings of Mercia, and that band A to Z, and a bunch of these bands that they try and launch as like a second or third act and type of thing. And actually, they're all pretty darn good, but you have to invest time in listening to them. So I think this is one that I I, I would work. I mean. Nick, I think this is one that maybe you liked as well, or, or right? Very much. Yeah. I know that everybody everybody that I've spoken to and, and articles that I've read about this, they all focus also on just a familiarity to Asia. Now, you know, just being transparent here, I'm not the biggest Asia fan outside of their big songs because I never really got into them. But if you enjoy Asia and their sound and that kind of vibe, this is something that really will appeal to you. Vic, you think you're not a big Asia fan. All right, so um, I'm going to talk a little. <laughs> I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, Devin Townsend's light work. Is that cool, Roy? Yeah, that's it. Okay. Do you know what number studio album this is from Devin? Anyone know? Anyone that's a good know? Question twenty. Ooh, twenty three. Twenty is close. It is nineteen. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's his nineteenth album. He's from Canada. If you didn't know that. Uh, and if you're hoping uh, for another heavy album kind of in line with uh, the 2019, dare I say, masterpiece, Empath, then to be honest, this probably is not the album for you. Um, I don't think it's a bad album by any means. It's just different. I think probably by intention he took sort of a softer approach, and this does lean more into his softer side, as it were. Um, there's heavy album, or heavy parts on the album. The back half of it is heavier than the front half, but all the the singles he released are pretty much in his sort of softer, I don't know if I'd say pop kind of focused side, but if you've listened to it, you know what I'm talking about. 
Um, I think everything about Devin that he's best known for is here. I think he has this ability, this will sound probably overly poetic, but he explores both beauty and chaos without creative limits, and uh, he'll turn things on their head, you know, when you least expect it. I think that is sort of when you're listening to him, you never know when it's going to turn into, like, death metal or when it's going to speed up or when it's going to take a sudden right turn or left turn. Um, And so that's all here on this album, but it's an admittedly kind of more simple... Uh, less densely packed album from Empath and uh, sort of his softer, sweeter vocals, or whatever you want to say, like, are more present here. Um, I really like the song Lightworker, and the video in particular is really nice. I'm still someone who views music through the lens of videos a lot of times, but uh, the video is clearly inspired by the 2019 movie uh, The Lighthouse, which is a, one of my favorite movies, if you've seen that. Um, and then also, this you've never seen The Lighthouse. No, it's it's a modern horror classic. Oh, okay. Yeah, you got to watch it. It's so good. It's in black and white. Anyway, the video is definitely a, a callback to that. And then Call of the Void is also good. And then there's a bonus disc. And Roy, you told me about this. Is that if you like Empath and you like a lot of Devin's older stuff, you might like the bonus disc, which is called Nightwork. More. It's got some heavier stuff. It's got some more like kind of extreme stuff. There's a song called Precious Sardine, which is what a, what a stupid name, you know. That's totally in line with like Devin's sense of humor. <laughs> yep. Um, but it's really weird, really experimental, and I love it. So I'm of two minds on Devin. I don't generally love what he does, but there are certain things he does that I really really like. And certain parts of Empath that I thought were just really masterful. And there's some of that on this album, and then some of it I appreciate because it's nothing like Empath. And uh, it's sort of more song-focused, and he's obviously a talented guy. He's on his 19th album, so check it out if you like him at all. Just be expected that you might like the bonus disc more, or you might not find as much here to like as maybe with previous albums. see who's up nick okay 2022 was an interesting year for Prague. i I don't think it was the best year we've had studio album wise but hey we got a cruise to the edge we got a morse fest so it was a very fulfilling year for 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 fans um but bittersweet uh because there was a posthumous release from this band one of my favorite bands big big train which was the album welcome to the planet of course uh that was uh the posthumous album after the death of the great david london um so really a, a very quick release it just it came just six months after the previous album common ground and so People kind of got the impression that maybe this was just outtakes or additional tracks or kind of like like a bonus album, but 
but far from it. It really, it really is um, a, a statement. And what a final statement for David Longdon to make. An amazing album in, in just about every respect. It certainly is very proggy, uh, but it's also quite poppy and light in places. I I like the fact that there was more variation in, in the composition and the songwriting on this album, uh, a lot more from Nick DiBagilio uh, in particular. And um, there, were, there were some new personnel, relatively new personnel uh, on, on the album, for example, violinist Claire Lindley and uh, keyboardist Carly Bryant, um, who also contributed to some of the some of the composition on the album. Uh, it's it's it, it's a proper big big train album. Excellent songs like Proper Jack Froster, uh, the uh, the amazing and beautiful Room with No Ceiling, which was written by Richard Stoblom. And of course, the magnificent instrumental Bats in the Belfry, which was written by Nick Virgilio. Um, I think Bats is the best uh, song on the album and one of the best that Big Big Train has ever done. It's a real Nick Virgilio masterclass, but generally a very rounded, excellent album. And, and what a way to remember David Longdon. Welcome to the Planet by Big Big Train. album and and the title track i think is amazing too it's it's very different and um yeah great great album an underrated one by them i think um people maybe didn't check it out because it was so close to the other one and, and after he just died but really really good uh, all right jeff what do you got really similar album cover too which that i think added the confusion at least for me but okay fair point sure all right jeff yeah, great album. Um, okay, moving on to my 2022 uh, ones. I'm going to start with one that was a bit of a surprise. Um, I do try to um, occasionally just buy something that I haven't heard before. Um, yeah, so I decided to uh, buy an album by, that I hadn't really heard, apart from previewing a few clips from a British artist, um, Kite Parade, and it's pretty much the work of a guy called Andy Foster, who plays virtually everything on the album apart from the drums. Um, things that lure you into an album, well, Nick Virgilio plays quite a lot of the drums, and uh, Joe Crabtree from Wishbone Ash, uh, Rob Aubrey, um, the kind of the the extra member, the fifth Beatle in Big Big Train, I guess. Um, mixed it so obviously there was some kind of connections and the opening track letting go just like hooked me into the album completely it's a brilliant blend of um kind of prog rock pop um it's i suppose from the same kind of world of spock's beard it bites lonely robot and that that type of thing um 
you know, some acoustic tracks, some great sort of gentle, janty vocals in places, but nothing really kind of that sounds all the same, a whole variety. And then it ends with a song called Stranded. Given that we all recorded a song from Strand called Stranded, uh, this one's an even better one. I'm still waiting for royalties. Um, not me. Not me. Say, says who? Okay. Says who, Jay? <laughs> who says it's better? Well, well, uh, personal opinion, but um, yeah, a 15-minute epic with all sorts of twists and turns, and um, yeah, again, it keeps coming down to the thing of going. This is all one guy, um, and it's an album that kind of I was really pleased I. I'd bought and I've listened to it a lot since then. Um, so definitely um, was keen to get it onto the list. Can't hide from your eyes. I can see you're so sad. And it kills me that you feel that way. You'll never know if you stay. Yeah, nice discovery, a, a one that maybe a lot of people aren't familiar with, but I think they would totally dig um, along the lines of, you know, those bands like Spock's Beard and Big Big Train and that kind of, I mean, maybe not exactly sounding, but, you know, similar vibe. And uh, yeah, talented. And that opening song, Letting Go, is, is really good. Uh, Absolutely all right. brilliant album. Can't yeah. stop listening to it. Um, okay, I'll go with my first one. Um I'll be honest, I, this one is the one that I added at the last minute because I, it came out late in the year and it was, and I had my three sort of uh, picked already and then I just couldn't stop listening to this album and it's the newest one from Threshold called Dividing Lines, uh, which is their 12th album, their first in five years. And um, yeah, it's just an album I was listening to, to review for review purposes and I didn't expect... Uh, that I would like it this much. Certainly, I love their last album. It was really good. Um, I I don't love every album they've ever done. It's been with a lot of records, obviously. Um, but this new one is just spectacular. It's it's fantastic all the way around. Um, a lot of great prog metal elements to it. Uh, vocalist Glenn Morgan is back. Uh, he was on the last album too, and he was their previous vocalist a few years prior. And uh, that guy is such a cool, regular sounding voice. You know he. he He's not that operatic type of singer, but he has sort of more like an every man's kind of rock voice, which I like for this kind of music sometimes. And uh, and keyboardist Richard West is really unique with what he adds to these songs. Um, there's a, a couple of epics, the songs uh, 5 and 10, which I look as sort of being side, the end of side A and the end of side B, but they're both about over 12, over 10 minutes long. And... Um, uh the the first one of them i'm forgetting the name of it now um is uh really great domino effect is, is the name of it yeah one of the best songs of the year it's just amazing there's a whole breakdown in the middle where it goes to like acoustic and then they got this dual solo thing happening and it's just awesome i think this is a just a home run record and uh one that totally surprised me that i just thought was really excellent Light up the latest rules to burn. 
did surprise me as well because you sent it to me a couple of weeks ago and said hey dude gotta check this out it's totally in my wheelhouse and actually Roy and I were bouncing back was going to talk about Terra Maze or Threshold eventually we landed on this way but I love both albums equally I think it's a lot of great music if you like this sort of prog like heavier you know more dynamic that kind of stuff yeah I mean I'll say sometimes albums like this don't necessarily reinvent the genre of prog metal you know it, it but it's just sometimes it all clicks and the songs work and every and it just sounds good and it and it sounds like a refreshing take on it while it, yep. while not necessarily being the most original thing in the world admittedly but it just is good and every song is good i could all i can say is that it really works um so uh first round we covered uh terror maze six by six devon townsend big big train kite parade and threshold uh, all really, really great records. All right, round two, uh, Dan. Everyone, welcome to the Daniel Talks About Symphony X part of the oh, podcast. Here we go. All right, should we just all leave and come <laughs> back later? Uh, as you know, I'm a big fan of Symphony X, and their main man, Mr. Michael Romeo, released his third solo album uh, this year. So uh, four years ago in 2018, he released his album called War of the Worlds Part 1. It sounded a lot like Symphony X, but it had other people on it, and it was more focused on the symphony part of it, orchestrated stuff. Um, to quote him, he is writing as if he's not playing this stuff live, so he can just go all out on the orchestration stuff, which is a big fan of the uh, soundtrack musicians and uh, cinematic stuff. So he really doubled down on this concept and he did it for both albums, both War of the Worlds Part 1, which came out in 2018, and Part 2 just came out this year. So it's a bit of a similar lineup. Um, it's Joe Macaluso on drums, who's a killer drummer. But this time he's got uh, Dino Jalusic, Jalusic um, on vocals, uh, whatever, however you say that. Um, on vocals and he has a, also a killer voice he's done like some stuff on youtube and other acts he's uh one of the, the the coolest voices active now in just rock and roll and metal so romeo employed him to sing on this album and it, it it's a lot on the same style as the last one right it, it, this one might be heavier actually so i mean if you like symphony x you're gonna love this for sure you might have missed it but both of these albums are great I'm not sure which one I like the best, the first one or part part one or part two, but they're, they're both excellent. So if you're just like lots of orchestrations and instrumentations and, you know, uh, the crazy instruments along with like heavy, like metal and prog stuff, you're going to enjoy this for sure.
sort of brought Symphony X, I mean, we've all known about the band, we all have records by the band, but certainly you bring that to this group and, and remind us to check them out, <laughs> and day. it's been a good thing, and, um, and Michael Romeo, again, is, I think, a guitar genius that's not talked about enough. Yeah, talked, I mean... Like, on all those lists of the great guitar players and, and all that stuff, he's not mentioned enough, and he's just brilliant, and this record is, uh, you know, you can see it. Yeah, that's the thing. As a teenager and like growing up, um, he was up there to me with like Steve Vai and John Petrucci and all the other guys. And you know, I looked up to him the same way I looked to all the other guys. And I think this album in particular has one of his best guitar moments ever. And I would like normally recommend the songs Metamorphosis or Hybrids, which are two like more single, you know, like the simpler songs, let's say. But, but the last one in the main disc, not counting bonus tracks, is called Brave New World. And this song like represents the album very well. No vocals on this one, it's just an instrumental. But the ending with like this crazy guitar solo married with the, the layers of orchestrations is just like Michael Romeo on steroids and it's great. It, like, I think each of us would like this, but like everyone else listening as well would appreciate as well, like what kind of, how much effort he puts into the, the kind of sound that he wants to have. And as a guitar player is just, Chef's kiss. Oh, and uh, yeah, by yeah. the way, Symphony X on the next cruise to the edge in 2024. So yeah. get your tickets now and see Dan on the ship. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> um, see Dan in the front row. <laughs> and okay. then after they're done performing, I see Dan just taking a dive off the boat because life just won't get better <laughs> yeah. after that. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, and actually, I, I gotta I gotta go to the, the beach and take like you know sunbathing with Michael Romeo. That's on my to-do <laughs> list. All just right. chilling in Jamaica with Russell Wallen. Um, Vic, what's, uh, what's your second one? So of course, when, uh, this band, uh, you know, Roy, you know, got, a, got his hands on, you know, the promo copy of this. And, and, uh, as soon as I heard, I was like, I'd love to write the review on this and it's Queens Reich's fourth effort with, uh, Todd Latore on vocals and that's digital noise Alliance. Um, Really, this is a very, very simple, just it's Queensryche doing stuff that if you enjoy Rage for Order through Empire, this is for you. It's it is such a familiar home cooking sound for Queensryche. It just fits great. You know, you could say, oh, it's not original. It is Queensryche doing what Queensryche does best. And they've had several videos come out on YouTube. And it is all good stuff. Uh, you know, Sue's doing the mix once again for these guys, just delivers on a great mix and production. And they have Casey Grillo on drums, uh, first record without Scott Rockenfield on drums, which, you know, it's kind of a bummer, but not to be disappointed. Drums sound great. He does a terrific job. Um, I believe he he's toured with them. So, but this is his first studio uh, recording with them. Uh, Mike Stone returns from uh, his you know, he had left for a while, but he's back uh, along with Michael Wilton and uh, Eddie Jackson is still there. But so this has 12 tracks. Um, it does have the very rare cover, which, you know, sometimes that's that's brave. You know, some people would expect it to sound like totally clean track, but they do uh, tackle Rebel Yell, uh, Billy Idol's uh, Rebel Yell. Don't expect a big groundbreaking thing. It's it's pretty much like Todd Tory with Queen's Rack in the background doing karaoke. Sounds great, yeah. but, you know, nothing really new. I think um, the best track to describe what this album fits like as far as what they sound, um, as far as 
going back to the good times of Queens Rock, which most of us would agree. I know Kyle Graves would agree with Rage for Order. Shout out to Kyle. Um, but Tormentum, the 11th track, um, it's seven minute song, mini epic, but it does have a lot of really cool proggy parts to it. Uh, but, you know, an extremist sick death is another one that sounds like it is right off of Rage for Order. So, again, if you are a Queensryche fan from the Rage for Order through the Empire days, this is for you. It's got a lot of really cool hooks. You will remember lots of stuff. And they even have a song. Uh, it's more of a ballad. It's called Forest. And it's cool because you actually get to hear Todd Torrey's vocals go to a different place. No, it's it's not. I'm not going to say it's a silent lucidity, but it is a more acoustic, more of a ballad type uh, selection. It's close. But it's in that it, style. But it's catchy. You know, it's got yeah, some good, good stuff song. on it. So I, it's, I'm a big fan, obviously, of Queensryche. It falls right into my wheelhouse. But this is an album that um, I would say you, you can, you know, after Empire and Promised Land, this would fit right in there. And it's and it's great. The last album, The Verdict, was very good, but I think this one does an even better job of establishing themselves in, in their little groove and actually coming up with some some more hooks than what their previous albums have had. So I'm really happy with this. And if you haven't listened to it, check it out. Longtime fans, it, you must have this. You know, Vic, I, I just want to say something. You, you've often referred to the, the joy that radiates out of me when, when I listen to The Great Nothing by Spock's Beard, right? And I just want to return the favor. The joy that radiates from you when you speak about Queensreich is just overwhelming, man. Yeah, it's funny. It's yeah. a beautiful it's, thing. Well, listen, from, from just a very fundamental standpoint, you know, prior to Queensreich, it was, you know, I'm, I play guitar and play instruments and all that stuff. And prior to that, everything was on speed and power chords and shredding. Queensryche, they changed the way that I saw the fretneck, just the way that they inverted their chords and how they worked on, on different presentations and inversions on the neck, but still heavy, and it still sounded really cool. That changed the way that I viewed music, and and they're just, yeah, it's and, and I've been listening to them, you know, not from day zero, because I don't go back to their, you know, first stuff. That's more a Kyle Graves address. I mean, you think I'm a fan, Kyle Graves is a fan, but I appreciate that, Nick. Thank you. You know what? they, Their sound, while it's in that prog metal vein and everything, and I guess maybe you could say Fate's Warning has a similar style, but I just never thought anybody really ever sounded like the Empire, uh, Mind Crime, Rage Ford, or Queensryche. No one ever sounded like that other than them. This album is the closest replication of that to me that they've done since then even. So... Just for that alone, the nostalgic purposes of it and it being really good makes it a fun album if you're a fan, I think. And you can see from the reviews online and the comments online that most people seem to feel that way that have heard it. So um, yeah. that's a great one. All right, Kyle. Here's the shocking thing about Queensryche. They just played in Jonesboro, Arkansas, which is where I grew up. So I had to miss it, unfortunately. But let's move in to my second album. I'm going to do Pattern Seeking Animals, and this is Only Passing Through. 
I'm doing two albums today that uh, Prague Nick reviewed. So Nick, you should probably just take this over. But um, if uh, you've been following the Prague Report the past few years, then surely you know about Pattern Seeking Animals. Uh, for me, at least, they're one of the more exciting bands in Prague that have come about the last few years. It's a sort of Spock's beard, I wouldn't say side project. It's almost sort of like the next thing for the majority members of, of Spock's. But um, you've got uh, John, I'm going to mispronounce so many names here, but is it is it Begold? Begold. Begold. Yeah, I knew that was going to come out wrong. Well, you know what he That's looks what like. Said. You know who he is. He does a lot of the songwriting historically for Spock's and he does keys and production on this kind of the creative force. Ted also contributes Ted Leonard lead vocals, guitar. He contributes on some of the songs. And then uh, we've got Dave Maros on bass. What more can we say about Dave? And then Jimmy Keegan on drums. Uh, and this is their third album in four years. So they've been busy. Um, for me, at least it's hard to compete with their second album. I think prehensile tales is one of the best albums of the last decade, but I think this one comes close and it's a great album in its own right. Um, I think the thing I like about them the most is just sonically their, their albums sound incredible. Um, you got Rich Mauser mixing, but I just, whatever combination of factors they have going on, they vary their instrumentation. So there's a lot of new and unique sounds, but it just sounds super crisp. Um, and I think it's also fun that from track to track, you never know what you're going to hear, uh, but it's always going to sound really good. I also is kind of less of a like, classical prog fan and more of like a fan of hard rock and metal and even pop it has a good balance of the kind of the instrumentation and the approach maybe time signature wise of prog but with the pop sensibility so every song has a good you know cool sounds like cool keyboard sounds cool guitar sounds cool atmosphere um john's done you know work for film scores and things like that so it kind of brings in a little bit of a cinematic cinematic approach with the pop sensibility. And just if you've never listened to their albums, they're very, very good. Um, so for me, best tracks, uh, Everdark Mountain is the album opener. It's great. The first single was I Can't Say uh, Can't Stay Here Anymore. And then there's a 13-minute uh, mini epic called Time Has a Way that I think is great. Um, but just another like really good album. I'm just really excited that they continue to make as much music as they do. I'm disappointed that I've not seen them in concert. That's a band that I would love to see uh, on a cruise or something, because it'd be it'd be fun to watch them. But they did play the anyway. last one and they were they were great. So yeah, yep. it's a good band, good album. Yeah, dude, I agree, Kyle, on pretty much everything you said. I think that they are one of the yes. most exciting bands to, <laughs> yeah, yeah, your validation, dude. <laughs> um, they are one of the most exciting bands to come out in the last few years and. I really, really love Prehensile Tales. I think this album <laughs> um, comes right below it, right? I, I don't really love the first one. I think it took them a, a little bit to to find their sound, but I think they reached it uh, on the second album, and this one just just improves on it, like just develops it a, a little further. And like songs like Sad the Stranger, which is one of my favorites of the year, 
really stand out. Um, the instrumentation they use, the kind of different instruments. They have some brass instruments as well. I think this album, even though I like the, the second one better, it has the potential to, to be one of the best of the year for sure. It's not my favorite. My favorite is the one I'm talking about next, but we'll get there. The, the thing about patent-seeking animals is you should not expect a replacement for Spock's beard. Just don't expect that. It's a different right. band with a different direction. And if you go in with an open mind, you won't be disappointed. But if you're a fan of Spock's beard, you should like this, I think, also. I think that's yeah. fair. It's funny um, when it's an album position. that we all like have listened to and like because we all talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can tell. It's clearly a highlight. So, for all so of we've all. It's the first, yeah. it's the first one. <laughs> the first one any of you have listened to so far. Okay. Uh, I had to listen. I wrote the review. Uh, all right, Nick. Let's great move review. on. Uh, your next one. Okay. Uh, one of my favorite composers and guitarists, uh, and honestly, one of the most prolific. Uh, in in the prog uh, scene is John Mitchell and his solo project is Lonely Robot. Now, if it's not Frost that he's releasing, then it's then it's Lonely Robot or, or Arena or something else. He, truly a prolific composer, wonderful musician, multi-instrumentalist of note. And his 2022 album, A Model Life, is really one of my favorite releases of the year without a doubt uh, it's very very personal it's it's all about his personal life and um the frustrations and difficulties that that he's gone through in his life and he's unashamed about just opening his heart writing about it from in the most intimate and personal way and it's just so authentic that you can't help but love this um you know, he's known for his proc, proc credentials. This is not the most complex or or progressive album that he's ever made, but it, it it certainly is heartfelt and genuine and and emotional and personal. So, you know, if you like Frost, if you like It Bites, if you like Arena, you're not going to be disappointed. But if you just like authentic music, you're going to love this album. And I, I really encourage you, if you haven't listened to it, uh, to give it a listen. It's called A Model Life uh, by Lonely Robot. And John Mitchell is the main man. He plays absolutely everything on the album, including reprogramming some of Craig Blundell's drum, drum parts. So you can almost say that, that he literally played every note on the album in a way. Um, and uh, it, it, it comes across as, as intensely authentic, as I say, genuine and real. And the melodies are just incredible. Now, in Frost's last album, uh, John made a point of not playing any guitar solos. So he went the opposite direction with this album. And there's a lot of guitar on it. And one of the best solos, if if not the best solo of the year, for me, uh, is in the song Species in Transition. I really encourage everybody out there, if you, if you love great guitar, soulful David Gilmore, Steve Rothery type, note spacey, uh, note perfect guitar, you, you're going to love this. Um, best guitar solo of the year, in my opinion, and certainly one of the top albums of the year. Um, a, a bit of irony in it, there was a music video for the song Island of Misfit Toys, which John said was a career ender. Well, let's, let's hope not. Um, he was being ironic because it's a, it's, it's, it's a very tongue-in-cheek kind of approach uh, to the song. And um, 
all in all, an intensely beautiful, uh, real, genuine and authentic album, A Model Life by Lonely Robot. Amazing record. I, I like all his albums. I, the first one, I didn't really know about John Mitchell when, when that one came out, that it, it was him doing that and everything. Um, and I like that one very much. I don't even think it's close. I think the new one is light years better than the other three by a lot. I think it's really one of his best albums he's done with anything. I think it's great. Yeah, the fall. Yeah. 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 I mean, this well, he, awesome. he, I mean, the first three were very sort of sci-fi oriented with that whole astronaut space theme. Um, but but the last the last two, uh, in, including including it's a, a, a model life are, are just in, incredibly personal. So don't expect a sci-fi kind of proggy uh, cinematic thing at all. Just expect uh, personal songwriting and great, great delivery. Yep. Fantastic. All right, Jeff. Okay, I don't know what our layout on screen is because obviously the one on mine is slightly different. But if we did draw a kind of a, a western eastern hemisphere line in in the six people here um, geographically, I think we would have the Marillion Lovers over on the uh, eastern hem hemisphere with uh, Nick and, and I and everybody else maybe over on on the on the western hemisphere. Although although I do know Kyle likes likes a bit of Marillion, but yes, they're um like a spot of Marillion. 2020 their spot. 2022 album, their 20th album. Um I, I've just forgotten the name of it. Is it an hour before it's dark or <laughs> <laughs> we're keeping this in. And you're the Marillion fan, I guess. Yeah. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Oh yes, uh, wait, an hour before it's dark. You, you oh, wait, does that mean you're from I does just, that mean you're from the East now? Oh never mind. Yeah, you had it right. I we'll should cut. say something Start over. very rude. Okay. Their album, An Hour, an hour Before It's Dark, uh, their 20th album. Um, I'll be honest, um, I think for the last couple of Marillion albums, for me, the kind of weight of the subject matter has sort of not really gelled with the music for me, and I've, I've struggled um apart from some moments so i have to admit when this came out i had a little bit of trepidation um the first song from the album came out in advance be hard on yourself and i listened to it and went oh you know that was good i really enjoyed it um and whenever the album came out um i i did that thing of listening to it from start to finish and i think it's an album that really really builds as it goes i think they've for me, anyway, they've managed to get the the combination of the lyrical content while still dealing with some serious, deep issues, 
but it, but for me, it it really gels much much better um, w- with the music. Um, you know, and actually, it's kind of a happier, more upbeat album in a lot of places than maybe the last few have been. Um, Murder Machines. Uh, the COVID song really is quite upbeat. Um, you know, and I guess with a title like that and a theme like that, you would think it, you know, it mightn't be, but it's a really good song. Um, the Crow and the Nightingale. If someone said to you, um, a band has written a song about the songwriter Leonard Cohen, you'd probably think that would be something that some of the people in this group might want to avoid. But that is a beautiful, beautiful song with an incredible guitar solo. My guitar solo of the year, I think, is is um, Crow and the Nightingale. Um, and then again, Sierra Leone, a song about child labor. Again, that's a pretty tough thing to pull off, um, but it's a real, a really great song. But for me, the 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 masterpiece of the album is the final track that's called Care. And I mean, when I got to that and listening through, it just has everything that for me is good about Marillion. Um, it, it's a it's a true epic, not just because it's long. Um, but because it's it's a emo, it's emotional, it's got an incredible ending, um, and I just got to the end of that album and felt, yeah, this is this is kind of my Marillion. Um, so I really really um, enjoyed and enjoyed this album, and um, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's got pretty much universally good reviews, which is which is great to see. I really like this record. I I don't know that if it it's gotten the sort of critical mass acclaim that feared uh, did, but I I think yeah. it's a much better record personally. I don't, I don't know if you agree. Yeah, for me, no, yeah. for me it that de- for me it definitely is. Yeah, I, I I think it's the best in in the catalog of the Hogarth era, other than perhaps Seasons End. Oh, it's a big claim. Yeah, well, yeah, and it is funny what album. you said about Murder Machines because. It is a very upbeat, good chorus kind of song that you don't hear from them a lot, but it is. The subject matter is it's still really dark and intense, but it's a actually really good, really good kind of single for them, which is which is nice. They don't do many of those. Um, all right. Am I up? OK, cool. So Dan got to talk about Michael Romeo and Symphony X and I get to talk about Tears for Fears. What's funny Yay. about about this uh, bringing up Tears for Fears in in a Prog Report uh, podcast is that honestly, I, you know, we've talked about this before. Is this really Prague? And I know for my whole life, this Tears for Fears was not a prog band. On um, you know, they had elements in their music. For example, the Seeds of Love album, which is really intricate and complex and long songs and then the production and writing arrangements in albums like Elemental and and even songs from the big chair are really different and unique and have that kind of prog element that an 80s version of Yes might have had or something but you know there were always a pop band to me um 
But it's been a weird discovery in doing this website and podcast in the last 10 years and seeing that a lot of bands that I liked growing up, like Tears for Fears or Super Tramp or ELO or Jellyfish or some of these other ones, are covered in Prague Magazine and other Prague websites and thought of as uh, Prague adjacent or sort of Prague influenced, which is all cool and probably why I ended up liking all of those bands in the first place. So, um, I, you know, I feel like it's fair to throw uh, the new Tears for Fears album, The Tipping Point, which uh, came out earlier this year in the mix here. Um, certainly Prague Magazine had it rated as their number six album of the year. So I don't know, whatever that means. Um, but, um, you know, their first album in 18 years, uh, this has always been one of my favorite bands. I think their songwriting is, is always so unique and, and brilliant. And, um, I never expected another album and I certainly didn't expect, uh, an album 18 years after the last one to be perhaps even their best work. And it's just genius from beginning to end. Every song is amazing. There's a great flow to it, different textures and layers and, and things that you pick out every, with every listen. And I must have stayed on this album for a good six months um, from when I got it. And so uh, I can't recommend this album enough. I think uh, it absolutely has prog elements to it. it. You need to take away the, the, the soloing and that kind of stuff to it. But um, it's just it's it's a work of art for me. I think it's one of the best albums I've heard by any band in, in a decade. It's It would be up there for me and as one of those albums for me. I, I think maybe Prognick is the person that would agree with me on this one here, but yeah. um, I, I just, I can't, I can't express how, what I thought of this album when I first heard it. I literally was just shocked at how great it was. I was not expecting that. And so I'm, I'm just thrilled to death that they're back and doing their thing. How was the concert? Stunning. Just just incredible. Really. It's great when a band you like a lot really just delivers like that. And it doesn't always happen. You know, you can a band can reunite, it happens all the time, 10, 15, 20 years later, and you're happy, but then ultimately you realize, okay, their best work was in the past, and that's fine, you know. This is not the case with this one. I, I really feel that way. It's like rooting for your sports team. They finally win. Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. Think, I think the other thing is that I didn't get to see them live, but the confidence that they put behind the proportion of the set list that was given over to... Um, you Pretty know, much. The, almost the, the whole the, album besides like two songs. So The new album. Live. Yeah. You know, when they could have played, you know, so many other songs that people potentially would have known better. Rivers of Mercy certainly will be on my list for 2022. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, cool. So we had uh, this round, we had Michael Romeo, Queensryche, Power Seek Animals, Lonely Robot, Marillion, and Tears for Fears. I mean, those are some great records, honestly. I mean, we talk about how maybe 2022 wasn't 
as as good as as last year, maybe from a top line level or something. I mean, last year had some big major records come out, but th this this group of albums is pretty darn strong, and I think albums I could see us still listening to. Um, all right, Dan, let's go round three. Speaking of good albums, I'm bringing up one that's better than all of them. <laughs> and, and kind of an unexpected surprise for me as well. So earlier in the year, we were doing the, the Prog Report live uh, live streams. And we were reacting to a, a collection of songs, some that were like new that just came out or some that the people were recommending to us. And one track from this album came and it converted me instantly. So I'm talking about The Deer Hunter, of course, and the album Anti-Mai. And the song in particular is called Ring Seven uh, Industry. Pretty much the concept of the album is kind of a musical thing, kind of a Hunger Games kind of style of vibe. And you have like a city that's divided in rings. And like the royalty lives in the middle and the masses throughout uh, around it, right? Yeah. So each song gets a, 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 a number. So it starts from eight and ends in one, which is like royalty and, you know, the, the rich people. Um, so the song I listened to the first time is their their first single called Industry, and it's a very fun like poppy track. And but the instrumentation is crazy, and you have like a bass solo and that kind of thing. Um, and dude, it, it just blew my mind because when I started listening to the whole album, it really it really kicked in that it has like no bad moments in it. It's just like masterpiece after masterpiece. And I, I was familiar with the Deer Hunter before. Um, I liked a lot of their albums, Act 4 especially, um, and the other acts as well. Um, I saw them live at Progressive Nation. It was a great show. But this is just different. I think it's like the, the next thing for them. And it's an album I come back to all the time after I first listened to it. And I talked to Roy about it. Roy was really excited about it. Our friend Cesar as well. Um, so it's really, really a highlight of the year for me. So that song, Industry, is up there. The, the Ring 3, which is Luxury. Is also up there, but my favorite is actually the final final track, Tower. It's just a, a masterpiece, and it goes everywhere. It has like heavy moments, and you know, if you never heard, if you never listened to the Deer Hunter, they have a very uh, specific kind of sound that's really unique to them, and they use like brass instruments and a funky bass line and, and unique drums and a lot of different percussion. There's so much music going on. Yeah. At once. It's Crazy. exactly they really try to sell the idea of the concept they're having at the time the vibe of the song everything goes and, and it marries itself like so well it, it really is mind-boggling the way they they make it work because on paper maybe it shouldn't but they make it work so that is my favorite album of the year uh it took me a bit to decide because there's a lot of great stuff all around but if you were to listen to any of these 18 albums um this is my pick for the one that you should
this would be my number two favorite album of the year. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's amazing. They're amazing. Everything they do is pretty much awesome. And uh, it's so intricate and so detailed. And there's so much going on songwriting wise, lyric wise, background vocal wise. I mean, it's it's just incredible. One the most underrated band on earth, I think, really. They're just incredible. And I'm so happy that they're still making music. This was really cool that they put an album this year. So um, I remember yeah. doing I remember doing the podcast with uh, Mirko. Uh, and when we asked him, you know, what are things that he likes to listen to? And he just was blown away by this. And before he even set the band, he was just describing him. And we we're like, you know, wondering what it was going to be. And he says, Deer Hunter. And it's like, oh, yeah, they're insane. And yeah. uh, they just they just keep going. And it's one of those things where they sound like deer hunter and everything is new and fresh and they just push everything in, in new directions. And, and this album was great. This album was great. So yeah. nice pick. Anti my go listen to it. All right, Vic, your last one. Well, this one, um, my favorite album of the year and uh, no surprise that it comes from uh, somebody that's in the band Haken. This is of course, Charlie Griffith's uh, Tiktalica. Uh, his uh, first solo effort, which Charlie's influences are same uh, same wheelhouse from from the influences that I that I grew up with. So this is a this is an album that is rooted in Bay Area thrash heavy metal. It is so much fun to listen to, but he brings in the you know the the more modern sounding, you know, not really genty as far as you know. There's really not you know eight string really down tuned guitars, but you know, it just it just absolutely just shreds. Um, uh, I would say that my favorite solo of the year would come out of this album, but there's so many moments where he just absolutely rips it that the best thing that I could recommend is this is an album. It's from the cover, which um, is up for uh, cover of the year. Um, I guess we'll find out uh, um, as far as who wins that. But from from the cover through the theme through the entire album he has guests who sing um he's got uh he just has a, a terrific setup in showing his different styles and different influences and you know the highlight which is kind of cool how they did the video and he explains um how they just animated everything accurately in the in the fingers of of the the tiktalic character that was playing the the guitar uh, would be the the title track Titalica, which is you know the instrumental goes in at eight and a half minutes, and it's some of the best guitar playing you hear this year. So, um, in this crew, everybody knows I'm the you know prog metal guy, and of course Haken, who you know we will talk about them as far as you know song of the year, you know because they had that one song anticipating their release uh hopefully coming soon and um now that they've announced everything and this is this was a great great setup richard henschel did a great job in his solo album uh ross jennings you know showcases his talents in his album and you listen to this and and you start to understand why haken is such a such a killer band because this album just shows how awesome uh charlie griffith's playing chops are but also just his his creativity and his composition is so charlie griffith's tiktalica Come 
Yeah, dude. Uh, I think this album and all of their like solo stuff makes Haken seem like a super group after the yeah. fact, right? Yes. Because yes. they 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 did their own separate thing and everything is so unique and different than than each other. Um, I really really like this album. The growls are not really for me; those like, sp specific kinds of growls. But I I, I can well, deal with it's them. It's a way we got a little bit of BT Bam into 2022. Yeah, yeah, see, so that's not really my thing. But I think the guitar playing is so good that you can even not really enjoying the vocals, you can get over them and appreciate the rest of the production. I think the the instrumental, the Tiktalica title song. Uh, it's so cool that it, it's like King Crimson and Metallica fused together in like a made string guitar uh, setting, right? So yeah, great album. I, I love the visual identity they created for it. It's a cool concept and just overall great, great stuff. Yeah, all, all the visual stuff with it is is this artist Dan Goldsworthy that um, that uh, Haken also works with and he's brilliant. That, that album art, for TikTok is, yeah. is pretty darn cool. We we're talking about like Deer Hunter and, and Two Sophia's previously, and those are very kind of uh, more I don't know pretty records. I guess I would or, or you know when you compare it to like a Charlie Griffiths almost. And it's cool to be able to listen to Deer Hunter and have that kind of side, and then and then put TikTok on to sort of balance things out. I think a little bit. It's it's you need you need both sides of that. I think to. At least I, I like both sides. Um, all right, uh, Kyle, your last one. Yeah, if you were hoping for more Spock's beard adjacent please, please. work, we have one. Um, <laughs> and I probably my favorite album of this year uh, was from Rio. So Rio Akimoto, uh, Rio the myth Janeiro. of Mostrophus or Mostrophus. How would you say it, Nick? Mostrophus. Mostrophus. Mostrophus, yeah. indeed. Um and in keeping with the mythic sound of that, it's a mythic album. It's a legendary album. So it's a six-song album. It's co-written by Rio and a guy named Michael Whiteman. Uh, he fronts the band I Am the Manic Whale. Uh, it's a great album in its own right. I think each track is strong. There's even two bonus tracks on the Japanese release, which is a whole like interesting side conversation of how Japanese albums, they always have bonus tracks. I don't know who decided that and why we don't get them in the U.S., but I digress. Because because um, of piracy oh fair enough so uh the list of collaborators though i think is what makes this truly special and it made me kind of pay attention initially but from spock's beard you have basically everybody nick al dave ted jimmy you got steve hackett uh mike um keneally how do you say his name i never know how to pronounce anything mike that's right mike yeah Keneally. fair enough i know he played with zappa and so on but uh, Michael Sadler's on this little saga shout out. And then also Jonathan Mover, who's in Rio's other project, Prog Jet, um, and a lot of others. Uh, album opens on Mirror Mirror, which I think is funny because it's uh, lyrically, it's getting at the Star Trek episode where Spock has a beard, which is, right. you know, so obvious, but it's so, so poignant and beautiful. Um, and you've got drums and vocals by Nick DiVirgilio on that. Also, Al Morris plays the solo. And I will say, like, to whatever degree there's been, you know, drama with Spock's beard over the years as members have come and gone. I, I think it's great that they still continue to collaborate. And obviously, on whatever level they appreciate each other's musical abilities, I think it's great that they continue to work together. Okay. Um, my favorite album, though, uh, favorite song, rather, is Chrysalis. It's got vocals by Randy McStein. Um, again, I always talk about music videos. I, I like film, and it's I think that's video, part of it. Yeah. But... The music video is incredible. Um, Christian Rios did that. I feel like we always 
giving shout outs to Cre- Christian, but I mean, it's a killer video. I mean, it's it could really be a video, video. Yeah. for any, matches, anybody matches of any size. Beautifully. Yeah. So it, yeah, like you said, it matches the song beautifully. It also thematically matches my favorite track of last year, which was transatlantic solitude. Um, it's dealing with a lot of this post COVID isolation kind of, you know, lyricism. So I, somehow I still connect with that and it's just a great song. So I think the idea of Randy McStein working, there's like six or seven people I'd love to see him work with more. I just think he's got so much potential and love seeing him work here with Rio. Um, and then the album, Hey, if that wasn't enough, it ends with a 22 minute Epic. Um, and so, uh, it's a great album. I like that the vocalists change. I like the style of music changes, got everything from like super classic throwback prog to like kind of pop songs to like early eighties, like, I don't know, like Asia esque stuff with cool keyboard sounds. I mean, if you know, Rio, he's a fun guy and he mixes it up. So that's a great album. Give it a listen. You know, <laughs> I think as far as what we think of as traditional prog, this is the most prog album, I think, of the year. It might be. Throughout, you know, it has all the elements of it, and, and especially in the in the long epic, um, which is just cheesy and glorious. You know, I mean, you, the lyrics are absurd, but it works, and... It's and the ending's triumphant and it's like joyous, you know, it has all that. And uh, and I love the Mirror Mirror song, it sounds like something that Spocks would have done on you know the X album or something of that that period. And um, Rio really came strong with this record, it's it's really good, it's a fun, I, fun, fun album. I, I know Kyle's already mentioned, but I, I mean, I think the combina- combination of Rio and Michael Whiteman it's was great. absolutely brilliant brilliant call um i mean michael himself doesn't feature that much on the album um one of the things that rio has on his website and bandcamp is the demo version which is basically all of the songs um sung sung by michael whiteman and i mean it's it's a it's a different take on the album it's actually i'm not necessarily i mean the, the guest appearances are are really fun um to have and and they're really really good it's really interesting hearing an entire album sung by just one singer because it maybe gives it a cohesiveness that that it doesn't have i love the fact that the epic um song uh you know has ted leonard singing uh, viciously about basingstoke um which is like a, a town in the uk which is sort of a pretty insignificant town but it's pretty funny hearing that but uh, it it it's an album i kind of keep sort of forgetting about and coming back to and just going that's really really good really really enjoy it yeah mm-hmm. it is it's it's a really fun record it's it's and the guests the performances on it i i, I think it's a home run um jimmy keegan drums on the entire demo for whatever that's worth does he yeah, yeah that's cool he yeah he's all over um, it yeah I, I you know hopefully i i think rio is still doing the project thing 
and uh, just did a couple of shows for the new album uh, a few weeks ago. So hopefully he keeps doing something. He 20 years between solo records for him. So uh, I'd like to see him keep doing some stuff. Um, all right, Nick, what's your last one? So you guys know how much I love Spock's beard. You guys know how much I've loved Swedish prog for years and years. Bands like Car Mechanic, Moon Safari, Flower Kings. Now I'm going to give it away. How, how this guy escaped my attention until 2022 is actually beyond me. The album that he delivered, now I'm going to give it away. He, he also delivered quite recently a cover of a Spocksbeard song, the good, the good Don't Last. And he delivered an album in 2022 with his band Jonas Lindbergh and, and The Other Side. The album is called Miles From Nowhere. And really, this is truly the surprise of the year for me, if not the surprise of the decade. I hadn't heard of Jonas at all. I didn't know who he was. All of a sudden, this album gets released, and it is just mind-boggling. I mean, we all know that the Swedes have got musical talent in spades, and they've got a very vibrant music industry. But wow, where did this guy come from? And how did I not know about him until 2022? So I had a lot of catching up to do. And I did. And the album is truly classically oriented progressive rock. I mean, if you like Spock's beard, you're going to like this. If you if you like Neil Morse band, you're going to like this. Um, if you like the, the Swedish prog, car mechanic and, and so on, you're going to love this. Um, it's a very, very accomplished album from a young man. Um, uh, it, he's he's accompanied by seven seven or so uh, progressive rock musicians from Sweden. Uh, it's it's got everything from pop hooks all the way through to the twenty two minute prog epic. Every moment on this album was just surprise after surprise after surprise, and then culminating in an amazing lead solo, of course, by Ronis Stolt in 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 the closing track. It's just one of those albums that has stuck with me throughout the year and I keep on going back to. And I've gone and looked at his back catalogue now and just as impressive, really good. And for me, this is the classic melodic prog of the future. Young guy, uh, I think in his early 30s, delivering absolutely epic and mature progressive rock melodic prog uh, classic classic prog Spocksbeard style just very very good from beginning to end if you haven't given it a listen i really encourage you to do so the production is amazing the composition is amazing the performances are just stellar and what can i say sweden you continue to deliver bless you
bravo, man. That's a that's a vote of confidence for a record if I ever heard one. Vote of confidence for an entire country, I think. Yeah, <laughs> right on. <laughs> hey, hey, Nick, I'm throwing this right back at you, but you're you're oozing the joy out of yeah. you know this, which, yeah, that was. I'm right there. I with think you. that's another one of those records that we all enjoyed, right? Yeah, that we all really liked. I think it's a yeah. standout. Well, there was. He, there was no expectation um when when we heard this name but all of a sudden the track starts playing and it's you know you're not stopping well, until the album is done that that epic on there which which did you forgot i don't know if you mentioned it uh yeah, Roy Nestolt, Roy Nestolt on uh playing yes. the solo at the end he did yes um, he did you need to listen has uh i was busy chatting with kyle um okay. uh is uh that's a don't throw me under the bus i heard what he said about it <laughs> that was <laughs> I, 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 that's the part i heard that was miles uh, from nowhere right yeah that's that's the epic of the year for me i mean it's it's just perfection um really brilliant it's a it's an awesome record uh, yeah fan for sure I must, by the I way mean, did you... i think go ahead i was gonna say uh, it i i became probably later than other people because i sort of wrote it off as a Royce going on and on and on about another album that we all have to listen to. <laughs> but I have to admit, in in this case it was it was one that was really worth checking out. <laughs> that happens a lot, dude. <laughs> so that's that's like one <laughs> uh, several one several in the course of the year. Yeah. This was one of them for sure that I harassed you guys into. But um Nick, did you listen to the previous album, uh Pathfinder? Yeah. That's also yeah, really good. Yeah. really good man yeah really top draw prog yeah excellent stuff um yeah jonas Lindbergh in the other side that's that's a good one too uh okay jeff your last one yeah so again i didn't put mine in any order but i guess this is a bit of a um i guess it's it's great we have this album it's sad the circumstances we've already talked about big big train and david longdon um david left a solo album, uh, Door One, about ninety-five percent complete. Um, before he passed away, and and the folks who were involved in that, um, helped finish it off and put it out there. And I suppose probably the, the, one of the differences between this and maybe the Big Big Train albums is that this features much more of David as a musician, which he was a incredibly talented, um, multi instrumentalist. And while it's not a concept album as such, um. A lot of the songs deal with the theme of a of a previous uh, relationship that ended, and um, it's fair to say it was a relationship that didn't end particularly well. Um, but there's so much going on inside this album. I mean, it's not prog in the style of Jonas Lindbergh or Rio Okamoto or or Kite Parade, but it's very varied, very eclectic. Um, you know, uh, there's an opening track. But the first kind of song proper, um, there's no ghost, you know, starts off in a sort of funky style that's really couldn't be more different from Big Big Train. Um, there's an incredible ballad called um, The Singer and the Song, which I think is something that if the right kind of uh, sort of someone who sings in musicals, you know, picked up, it, it could be a song that, you know, the entire world hears a really good reflection on just the the act of going out on stage and singing and becoming communing with an audience. It's really good. Um, and it has its epic as well, the letting go, um, which again, pulls in sort of jazz influences, 
uh, vocal sections, Theo Travis and saxophone, um, really good piano groove and a big kind of atmospheric ending. Um, and that's followed by Love Is All, which, you know, I think the best thing I can say, after the sort of some of the relationship turmoil, it ends with a song about the relationship that David found um, in in more recent years. And um, yeah, I mean, it's a terrible thing to say, and certainly it wouldn't have been planned that way. But I guess if you had to go out on one song, um, Love Is All is, is pretty much the song that... Right. that you would you would do that on it's hard to listen to this album i guess or look at it through any other lens than through the lens of of david having passed away but i mean i think if he was still with us today you know this would come through as a really really strong album really establishing you know his credentials outside of big big tree and where he where he is um you know where his contributions are greatly loved but an absolutely uh you know absolutely favorite album um, l totally love this album. So it's a kind of similar or parallel story to Kevin Gilbert's, I suppose, in a way, when Nick DeVigilio uh, finished the production of, of of his last album and released it after his death. I guess it's a similar kind of a story in a way. And Nick DeVigilio is the link, I suppose, between the two. It's a, it's a great album to listen to, but it's also sort of gut-wrenching especially then the first time you hear it and you get to love is all which is such a beautiful song and uh and and sort of can hit you hard i think a little bit when and it's it's just a terrible loss and remind you about that when you listen to the record but it's just a, it's a great piece of work and um very it's just a it's very cathartic talent. very cathartic and and i'm i'm just blown away at, at just the fact that you know it was it was my birthday in 2021 when we got the terrible news and to still have this album to enjoy and to have big, big train uh, to enjoy and all that. It's, it's been a, it's been an unusual time for, for the fans to sort of deal with all this. And, you know, it does make you appreciate, you know, just the preciousness of, of what these artists are giving to us all the time. We never know when it's going to, you know, come to an end so but that was that was really cool nice job jeff all right i'll take the last one uh pretty obvious choice i think uh but it's a good one to close out on uh closure continuation from porcupine tree um first Ooh. album since uh 2009 and um since the incident and uh just a triumphant return by this band which um now is a trio uh, obviously known by now is that Colin Edwin was not included in the, in the reunion, and, but the three remaining members, uh, Stephen, Gavin, and uh, Richard, uh, released an amazing album and uh, followed that up with a, a world tour. And uh, it's been nothing but a success all the way around. Um, you know, critical acclaim, fan acclaim. Uh, I saw one of the shows. It was awesome. And 
Uh, just great to have them back. I think it probably exceeded Steven's expectations. Um, <laughs> maybe he was, maybe he's upset it succeeded so well at this point that he might have to do it again. Yeah. Uh, I hope not, but uh, I mean, I hope they do do it again. Um, it's a it's a great album. I, you know, it's tough because some of the records are just such masterpieces, and and at least for me and maybe some other fans, you hold. You know, albums like In Absentia and Fever Blank Planet and Deadwing and Lightbulb Sun. And it, they're just so up there, the unreachable status that maybe an album like this one will never have a chance at measuring up to those. Um, but nevertheless, it's a great, great record. Harridan uh, is great. Of the New Days, great. The, the epic Chimera's Wreck is awesome. My favorite track, Dignity, which is really the most kind of old school sounding song, I think, for me on the record. Um Gavin's drumming on stuff like herd calling and uh, you know uh, walk the plank is just so cool yeah. uh, still incredible uh, playing and it's a it's a very raw sounding record which is which is a little bit of a change makes it a little bit more current and I think um, again you, Steven's genius in the studio and how to make music like this come across is unparalleled I think you know he, he's still the man he's still the best at this stuff <laughs> whether he wants to admit it or not uh you know I, I i make the analogy with him it's like michael jordan leaving basketball to go play baseball he was okay at baseball but he's was really the best basketball player let's just stick to that and i sort of feel that way about stephen wilson it's like he can do other things but he does this better than anybody and and I think that's for me um, the truth. So it's awesome to have them back, um, and I think uh, it's it's a great album. And um, you know that's all I can say about it that hasn't been said already. Uh, I see that in a recent yeah, interview. Yeah, well, well, let's with, all talk with... at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dan, Dan, oh, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. And I was like, uh, Nick's probably going to say this better than I would, but there's something very particular about their sound together, right? The three of them, uh, the drums and the keyboard, like atmosphere and that kind of stuff. And it's even on top of that, you know, because we, we've been used uh, to hearing his solo stuff recently. The past decade was nominated by Raven and Hank and Rays and that kind of stuff. Um, so when you get those elements and and put them together with Gavin and, and Richard, it really it really shines in a, a very specific, particular kind of way. Um, and so I really love this album. I think um, Camiria's Rack is probably my song of the year. I don't know. It's hard to pick, dude. There's so much good stuff all around, but um, it's just a fantastic song and a fantastic uh, collection of, of songs uh, in this album. Nick. Yeah, I agree with your song choices, Roy, um, with the possible exception of Walk the Plank, which to me was the only sort of average moment on the album. But um, I, I see that Stephen actually uh, admitted 
that he is a progressive rock musician in an interview with Rick Beato. Uh, <laughs> Begrudgingly at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. He actually just... used the word progressive and he said, there, I said it. <laughs> so, <laughs> spoilers ahead. I was meaning I was is... meaning to watch that. Oh, sorry. He, he is sorry. this week. He is this week. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah, that's a great interview with the, on Rick Beato's channel, if you're familiar with that, with Stephen Wilson, which is... Which shout is out as well. Shout out as well for the three oh, you know, bonus yeah. tracks mm. at the end, which are... Oh, you know, yeah. As good great. as anything else. Here, here mm. are the leftovers, you know, like, wow. <laughs> really? And they have <laughs> festival, festival gigs booked in Europe next summer. So maybe they haven't gone away totally. This was continuation. The, the one tour Sounds that like a continuation to me. the most to have missed. It was just an insane set list and I just couldn't make it to any of the concerts. I really envy you guys that did. Um, it's just, uh, what a Maybe privilege it is to watch. Uh, <laughs> well, are you seeing it, Jeff? Roy. Are you seeing yeah, it, Jeff? Oh, sorry. No. no. I thought it's not, the Jeff tour's said, over. Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah, well, no, no, I didn't. The tour's over. But festival shows. You um, never know. Probably not it was as great. It was great. I mean, ways, I'm not, yeah. you know, when they opened with Blackest Eye and the minute that kind of started, it was like, I, it was, it was a great moment. It really got, yeah, me, so got me amped up. Um, so do you I, expect I, they'll do another album or no? What's your thought? I think that uh, I could see them doing both, but at least another tour. I, I, they seem to really enjoy it. I, that's the vibe I got from it is that they, when they left, it wasn't fun. That's how he describes it in his book, that it, it was just became a grind and he, and he was over it. And he, that's why he stepped away. I don't think that was uh, how they perceived it this time around. And I think, I he think really part of this, it. too, is that apparently their the touring band has a lot of chemistry, right? Those guys are extremely talented, like Randy well, McStein. Randy McStein again, his name. Yep. Yeah. And apparently the shows went really well. And that's partly due to just their their um yeah. energy together as a band right yeah i mean why can't he do another solo record and everybody do whatever and then one summer they book 10 shows somewhere right i mean i, I don't see a reason why that's not something to do mm -hmm. um, well he's already he's already talking up his next solo album so i'm i'm looking yeah. forward to that hey, it's sounding it's progressive album, by everything right? he's talking about so we'll see yeah. um you know what um uh, I won't say everything it does is amazing, but nine and a ninety-five percent of what he does is amazing. Um, but uh, yeah. Anyway, so last round we covered um, Deer Hunter, Charlie Griffiths, uh, Rio Akimoto, Jonas Lindbergh, and uh, David Longden and Porcupine Tree. So those are eighteen albums. Any uh, honorable mentions you guys wanna wanna bring up? Any any favorites, Jeff? Um, I have a little list. Okay. Um, so uh, Tim Bonas, Butterfly Mind, uh, connection obviously to Stephen Wilson there. Uh, the Virgilio Morrison Jennings uh, Troika album, um, which is this year. Uh, one of Cal Fagula's favorites, the Pink Floyd single, Hey Hey Rise Up. I know, I know Cal <laughs> was that this was year. I forgot that. about that already. I mean, um, I'm still listening to that one <laughs> daily. <laughs> um, uh, Bjorn Reese uh, from Airbag had a cool EP called Fleeting Glimpse. Um, Pink Floyd, The Animals remix around thingy. Um, um, 
I've also got down a um, new Prog Collective album, which is just out, which I'm enjoying, called Seeking Peace, and uh, Big Big Train live set, Summer Shall Not Fade. Morse Fest 2019 live set came out this year as well. Um, Eric Gillette's covers, kind of compilation of his YouTube stuff, came out this year. Um, and just at the weekend, uh, we were talking, I'd got a copy of Rocking Horse Music Club's album, Circus of Wire Dolls, which I'm really enjoying as a sort of November, December listen for me. So end of year. Quite a bit. Uh, that's a lot. That's a lot. Anything of else, Jeff? <laughs> yeah, Jeff, was there anything else released this year? <laughs> what What about Flower Kings? Flower Kings had a new album. Yeah, we well narrowly you, you missed have this a, list. You have a few that you want to mention? I don't have anything um, written down. Uh, Flower Kings. I mean, it, it, it's a good album. I think it's it, for better or worse, it's more of the same from the Flower Kings. Um, I think A through Z was a good album. It doesn't really like hit on prog per se for me but I, I think it was a substantial album it was good to see that come out yeah um there's a band that i talked about a lot that maybe you guys uh listen to return to the earth which um i liked very much follow the watcher is the album and um uh james labrie's solo record beautiful shade of gray which uh was actually really good a good acoustic record different for him i liked it very much uh pure reason revolutions album above cirrus also really cool um kind of electronic proggy moody kind of stuff um the mars volta the mars volta you know? released a record we don't talk about them too much um yeah. and the tangents record uh song oh, yeah. from the hard shoulder which yeah. um really proggy i mean that's heavy prog right uh, and it's actually one of their better records uh, mm -hmm. i think in a while what about IO? They were like the the darlings of uh, Prague Report Live. Do they you have an album coming? Oh, you. Oh, oh, you. Oh, yeah. It's O. -U. It's o, -U. o, -U. o, -U. o -U. IO. IO is input output. IO is IO word. I -R, no, uh, uh, Chinese band O, uh, o. with their album yeah. One, which was, you it know, was album. it was a, a polarizing record, I think, in the Prague world. There were some people that really thought it was different and interesting, and some people that we're sort of like, what is this? But it's it is it's different. It's absolutely original. Yeah, definitely. And different, if they, if you know? Certainly a, mem a memorable one for Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have. I, I'm fixated uh, on Io Earth. You know, they're they're playing. Yeah, the they didn't release at midnight. Anything. Uh, uh, Dan, you said you have I have one honorable mention, and it's not an album. It's a track. Go to your YouTube or streaming service and search for Dream Roads by Bosco Aguilar. Ah, yes. Good Absolutely. Bosco. Good call. So, Bosco. 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 This one got to be here, boys. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Good call, man. Anybody I got else? one. I got Anybody one. Else? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Lalu Paint the Sky. I think oh, yeah. it was 2022. Oh, yeah. Just. Follow, right? yep. Dude. It's a very it solid like album. ages ago, but that's a good album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Danian Wilson on vocals, amazing album, really good. I think you guys have, have got it covered. Other than that, Jeff, well, you know there's a band that we uh, barely ever mention here, but you know because of their playing prowess and everything else, and their collaboration with Steve Vai, you know they released uh, uh, this Polyphia. They released Ego Death. That's a that's a really really cool. It's, it's a cool band, you know. Tim Hansen and the guys just uh, are are playing yeah, really their guitars unlike too, anything yeah. else before. So, <laughs> oh, it's um, Jim Henson. Oh, yeah. Jim Henson, not Tim yeah, Henson. Not Tim. Yeah. I had oh. a, I had a friend from college send me a video to Polyphia, and he's like, "Have you heard of this guy?" 
Yes. Curtains guy. <laughs> we, we have, yeah. Yes. Well, they're great. Also, yeah. the, the Star One record, I don't know if anybody mentioned that. Um, oh, yeah. That's which had one. Ross Jennings right. and, and uh, a bunch of guests on there, which is another one by Arian Lucasen, which uh really good as well. So a ton of ton of music this year. A lot of music. It's yeah. exhausting. Can we just say the amount of music? <laughs> first year in probably 20 that Mike Portnoy has not had an official release this year. I think that's true. Weird. Studio release. Yeah. Right? Weird. Weird. Team. Just just some yeah, live yeah, stuff. Studios. And he was and he toured a lot, which was which was cool. But um yeah, really bizarre. Yeah, come on, Mike. Lazy. Yeah. <laughs> lazy. Lacking off. Lazy. <laughs> uh all right guys well that's 2022 and uh we'll see you again next year that's 2022 enjoy your holidays merry christmas and uh, happy hanukkah holidays happy hanukkah and happy new year say goodbye to 22 happy holiday guys happy holidays Uh, you know (laughs) have a great new year see you guys thank you bye bye Bye, bye. Bye, everybody